Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, September 23rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. The European Union is working on yet more sanctions on Russia. The UN says Pakistan should stop making debt payments to overseas creditors. And Katie Martin is back. She's going to tell us what's going on with the Japanese yen. It's been getting absolutely trashed. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The European Union is drafting its eighth package of sanctions against Russia in response to its invasion of Ukraine and its military escalation this week. More hawkish EU members, Poland and the Baltic states, are pushing for tough measures, like booting more Russian banks off the SWIFT global payments network. Officials say it'll be difficult to find consensus among the EU's 27 member states. Hungary says it doesn't want any new sanctions. The European Commission's main goal is to push through a price cap on Russian oil. The United Nations is recommending that Pakistan stop repaying its overseas debt. They want the country to prioritize disaster response instead. Last month, catastrophic floods put a third of the country underwater and displaced about 40 million people. The FT's Ben Parkin has seen a draft of the UN report. What's happened in Pakistan with the floods is, you know, really shocking, but It's not just an isolated local crisis, right? This reflects the kind of extreme weather events that stand to affect countries around the world. This paper is part of the kind of trying to rethink the global order to an extent around debt and the status quo because of climate change. So is it fair now to ask a country like Pakistan to pay billions of dollars in debt to uh, wealthier nations who are not facing natural catastrophes. And it's a story that's going to play out in countries around the world. So Ben, how feasible is this? Are international creditors going to be okay with this kind of plan? So there is some precedent, you know, during the pandemic, the G20 created a mechanism for creditors to offer limited debt relief to countries so that they could free up resources to fight covid but this, you know, the link with climate change in this case and the, the argument that because of climate change, rich nations need to step up and ease some of the burden on vulnerable countries, that's Pandora's box that could really open up a massive amount of uh, debate and liability around the world. So I think it, countries will be a little bit anxious to engage with this Ben Parkin is the FT's South Asia correspondent. It has been a week of interest rate rises from the Bank of England to central banks in Sweden, Norway, and Switzerland, and of course, the U.S. Federal Reserve. Japan is a notable exception. Officials there reiterated a pledge to not raise rates and stick with its ultra-loose monetary policy. That's left Japan's currency, the yen, increasingly vulnerable against the dollar. In fact, yesterday the yen sunk so low, Japan's government intervened in currency markets to strengthen it for the first time in 20 years. I'm joined now by our markets editor, Katie Martin, to discuss this. Hey, Katie. Hey, how are you doing? 
All right, so what exactly did Japan do to prop up the currency? What does it mean when a, when a government does this? So, yeah, exciting times on the Japanese yen. As you say, the Bank of Japan has been treading its own little path among all the kind of major central banks, it's been going completely the opposite direction to everybody mm-hmm. else and holding rates super, super low while everyone else has been jacking up rates like it's going out of fashion. And that's just left the yen, as you say. I mean, vulnerable is 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 the polite word for it. It's been getting absolutely trashed. Yeah. So the dollar's just been cranking higher and higher and higher against against the yen just f- for months really and it kind of got to the point where authorities in Japan were like okay enough they dumped dollars to try and uh, prop up the yen which is super super unusual for the bank of japan why prop up the currency why dump dollars from their reserves instead of just raising the interest rate to strengthen the currency so it's a good question on a couple of fronts. One is why intervene on the currency at all? Why not just let the thing fall? So the reason why the Bank of Japan is is sitting on its hands and, and not doing anything on interest rates is because unlike most central banks around the world, it does not have an inflation problem. It doesn't have runaway inflation that it's absolutely got to do something about. And the impact of a much weaker yen is actually quite mixed around Japan. Some companies are like, great, you know, helps us to export. Some are saying this is incredibly painful for for the dollar-denominated commodities that we have to buy in. Has a very, very mixed impact. But the reason why the the authorities just decided, okay, enough, was that it was just one-way traffic. In terms of the yen just falling day after day after day after day. And it gets to the point where it's like, okay, the wheels could come off here unless somebody steps in to, to slow this down. Where's it going to end? That can get quite scary if you're a policymaker on the other side of that. How significant is this decision to prop up the yen, Katie? The really big thing to take away from what the, the Bank of Japan has done here is it's just such a massive break with history. You know, for years and years and years, authorities in Japan have been obsessed with stopping the yen from getting too strong. And now the force of this dollar move is so significant that they've been forced into a total 180 on this. It's it's forced them to intervene to strengthen the yen. This is absolutely not what people in markets have been used to for for decades. And it's really just a sign of how much this massive move in the dollar is bending around the whole financial system. Okay, but is this plan going to work? Generally speaking, interventions work if everybody does it. So Japan acting on its own is almost certainly not going to have a lasting impact. It will slow down what's been happening with the yen, but it's not going to turn it around because the Fed is not for budging. The reason why the the yen is weak is because the dollar is strong. And you look at what the Federal Reserve has been saying over the past few days, and this this central bank is not for turning. It's going to keep on jacking up rates until the pips squeak. So the dollar is not going to turn around. And so the yen doesn't have an awful lot of of hope of, of picking itself up. So now we've got this situation where it's, you know, we've got markets in the blue corner and we've got the Bank of Japan in the red corner and they're just going to have to fight this out and it and it could take ages. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thanks Katie. No problem. Before we go, we leave you with a poem. 
It's called Arcadia. It's by Russian-born British poet Arch Hades. Now I feel this aching distance between me and something real. And this, this is the poem. It's not on paper. This nine minute and 48 second abstract animated video with music soundtrack and words read by the poet is an NFT or non-fungible token. Christie's Auction House calls it the first collaborative fine art NFT to come to auction. And when it hit the block, it sold for $525,000. That makes Arch Hades the highest paid living poet of all time. I want to break free of this labyrinth, switch off all these screens. And finally, don't forget about our special offer to you. No, it is not a $500,000 NFT poem. It's a half-price annual subscription to FT.com. But now that I think about it, I guess I could turn this promo into a poem. A price once full now is half. You can read the FT and all of its staff. A year-long subscription for all of our tales. Find it at FT.com slash briefing sale. If you missed that last bit, here's one final quote. You can find that link in our show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.